The Carolina Panthers host the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday afternoon. Can the Carolina Panthers play spoiler in the NFC South Division race? We'll talk about it right now on this Locked On Crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers and Locked On Falcons podcast. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can check out our shows every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, talking about Panthers and Falcons, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow each of our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, free and available everywhere. And today is yet another Lockdown NFL Crossover Thursday presented by our friends over at Price Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play the daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I'm Julian Council, the host of Lockdown Panthers. Panthers. He is Aaron Freeman, the host of Lockdown Falcons. And we're going to be talking about the Titanic battle going on at 1 p.m. Eastern time at Bank of America Stadium, the stadium naming rights. Those are retaining here in Carolina for Bank of America as the 1-12 Panthers face off against the 6-7 and seven Falcons on Sunday. Aaron, good afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I, you know, I, the Falcons are in the playoff race, but like it... I don't know. Last week's loss to the Bucks feels like, in a lot of ways, like a big, devastating blow to their season. And so, it this game, even though it, it's like a very winnable game, and the Falcons need to win it to to keep their hopes alive, it's just the the passion and the interest at this point is is sort of waxing, but maybe not to to the degree that it has for you. Yeah, see, you're sounding a lot like Ross Jackson last week uh, from Locked On Saints. He had a similar tone heading into the Panthers matchup against the Saints. Wasn't very excited about the fact that they were, he didn't even want to acknowledge that they were in the playoff race. He's like, oh, they still need a lot of help. All you need to do is beat the Panthers today. And then you needed the Falcons to lose last week, which happened. And then you would be tied at six and seven with the rest of the NFC South while the lowly Panthers are down in the pace at the basement at one and 12. And Russ really didn't seem to be all that interested. So I'm going to ask you, Aaron, out of respect for me and all the Carolina Panther people out there to be excited about the fact that you're playing meaningful football games in the middle of December. Because Carolina Panthers, well, they got to do that last year after Steve Wilkes took over the team and got him to six and six. And David Tepper said, no, I'm good. Let's hire Frank Reich and fast forward to today and the predicament the Carolina Panthers are currently in. I am asking you to be excited. The What matters about this whole football endeavor is winning. That's what we do. I don't want to hear about the draft. I don't want to hear about free agency. I don't want to hear about any of that. Winning the games, that's what really matters. We have to enjoy the games. So please, Aaron, for my sake, enjoy the games. Can you do that for me? I will do my best. But if you had to watch the Falcons play each and every Sunday, it's a little hard to enjoy the games. Yes, they are winning games. This is this is what they're scoring game. touchdowns, correct? The Panthers yeah. have had three games where they didn't score a touchdown. Relatively speaking, it's beautiful here in Atlanta <laughs> versus where it is in Charlotte. But yes, it, this game, I want to see this Falcon team kind of win this game handily. Like, I would like to see that once from this Falcon team this year. Like, last week's game, 
with the Bucks, it was like a showcase game for Desmond Ritter. And it was the best chance that Desmond Ritter could show that he, you know, had arrived given the game plan was going to allow him to throw the ball a bunch. And he came up short in that regard. And in this week's game, kind of the compelling story for me is like, this is the last chance the Falcons have to, to get a lopsided win this season going up against this Panthers team, because their next three games against the Colts bears and, and saints are basically teams on equal footing. And this is not meant to um, disparage the Carolina Panthers, but like they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. And so like the Falcons, Hopefully, <laughs> there's a gap between those two teams. And, you know, you, you had a 24-10 win in week one, but that was a 10-10 ball game going into the fourth quarter. So I would just like to see the Falcons in the first three quarters, like, make this sort of a, a, a blowout type of game. Uh, get up two scores at some point in the first half, and that would be just nice to see once this season for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, and that week one game really was uh, decided by three Panther turnovers. Bryce Young throwing the same pick twice in a row to Jesse Bates. Miles Sanders fumble. The Falcons scored 17 points off turnovers that day. And they only had that one long pass play at the end that by Kyle Pitts getting a reception. It was also a pass interference call on C.J. Henderson. But aside from that, it's not like the Falcons did a ton offensively that afternoon. I'm curious. You talk about last week was an opportunity for Desmond Ritter to be in a showcase game. It was an outstanding game by all accounts from what I heard uh, as they were they unfortunately lost, at least from a Falcons fans perspective, uh, to the Buccaneers. Where are the Falcons right now? Where's the organization when it comes to Desmond Ritter? I know he was benched earlier this season uh, in favor of our old friend here in Carolina, Tyler, Taylor Heineke. How are the Falcons fans feeling about him? How are you feeling about Taylor Heineke, not Taylor Heineke, but uh, Desmond Ritter and his future in Atlanta? Yeah, Ritter put up numbers last week, but the the overall performance was was a little lackluster. He missed some throws. He turned the ball over. That's been the story of Desmond Ritter's season, right? Turning the ball over. Um, and you get a good player in the fourth quarter, but you don't really get a good player in the first three quarters. So I think right now where the Falcons are, the, the, the jury is still out as far as the team's commitment to Desmond Ritter beyond this year. If they manage to finish with a winning record and make the playoffs, then it's very likely that Desmond Ritter will be the Falcons starting quarterback next year. If they don't, then, you know, your guess is as good as mine. That's, that's kind of where it is. So right now for me, it's kind of a 50, 50 proposition because of, you know, there's still, the season is still, you know, got three games left or four games left where the Falcons can take care of business and, and, get the job done. And Desmond Ritter can be a big part of that ability to get the job done. But at this point in time, like I'm looking around, you know, doing the thing that you don't think people should do, which is maybe looking ahead at some of these draft quarterbacks uh, and, and saying like, you know, who else is out there? So we'll see. If Ritter is potentially gone, what does that mean for Terry Fontenot, the general manager and Arthur Smith, the head coach there in Atlanta? Well, they're relatively safe, relatively. Okay. Right. But it, it's a story of, you know, if they can get this team to above 500, then I would be shocked if they got canned anything below that. Then, you know, the jury is still out. But I think for the right now, barring the Falcons, you know, utterly collapsing uh, in these final four games, which, you know, Falcons and collapsing, that's, that's not a combination. That's never happened before. Yeah, never, ever <laughs> happened before. Um, so like, I don't want to put anything past it, but I think they're pretty safe, but there's going to be a lot of pressure. They're going to go into next year with, on the hot seat in a similar way that we saw kind of Dan Quinn in his final year in Atlanta, similar to kind of Matt rule those last couple of years in Carolina, where it's like, yeah. if you get off to a slow start, you know, you might be among the first coaches fired. And that's one of the things where if that's going to be 
the way you're going to operate, just fire them in January? Why wait till October to make that decision and just waste another year of your franchise? That I, That's always interesting to me. It's like, oh, he's going in the hot seat. Well, just fire him. If, if you don't think that he's the right guy for you long term uh, and you're just going to wait to see how things play out, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But we'll be interesting to see how things uh, play out in Atlanta. As far as Carolina, I mean, really the big storyline today is that Bank of America has up their re up their naming rights for the stadium. That's like the real big Panthers news. I think for them in the final couple of weeks of the season, last week they had an opportunity against New Orleans to try and play spoiler. This Sunday against Atlanta, they have an opportunity to play spoiler. And you're right to think that for the Falcons, this is probably their last game in the final four weeks to get that gimme win, that easy win, if there's any such thing as an easy win uh, in the NFL. And the Panthers, of course, have one more game against the Buccaneers. So I haven't really heard much Redditor coming out of that organization about trying to play spoiler, but really that's what they should be trying to do, especially on Sunday. Then when they face off against Tampa Bay, the Green Bay is right there in the thick of the wild card race next week who they play um, as far as the NFC wild card goes. Uh, Jacksonville, they're in a pretty tightly contested AFC South battle. But as far as looking at the division, yeah, you're looking up at three, six, and seven teams. You play two more of them at the end of the season, starting on Sunday against the Falcons. That's really probably where Carolina should be focused. I don't know where they really are focused, uh, aside from just getting to the offseason, hiring a new coach, and moving on as, well, at 1-12, there is no hope for the playoffs, and we'll see what the future looks like for the Carolina Panthers. But we'll talk more about this matchup as we look at some of the key matchups, some of the key players that could decide the outcome of the game on Sunday as the Falcons head down or head north on 85 up here to Charlotte to face off against the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. I'm Julian Council, host of Locked On Panthers. He's Aaron Freeman, host of Locked On Falcons. It's a Locked On NFL crossover Thursday presented by Price Picks. We'll be back here in just a moment. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself, and the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. If you're start, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. All right, we're back here. Locked on Panthers and Locked on Falcons. We're breaking down this Panthers-Falcons Week 15 matchup here in Charlotte. Looking at some of the key matchups, key players heading into this game. The Falcons uh, need to win out if they want to be division champions, go to the playoffs. They could still win out, not win a division, but still go as a wild card. So, Aaron, looking at this matchup, who are uh, some of the key uh, players, key matchups that you're looking at heading into the Sunday's matchup against the Panthers? Yeah, you know, with the Falcons, it's a lot related to injuries because we don't know quite yet who's going to play. The Falcons were down five starters last week. Chris Dahlman, I mean, I'm sorry, Drew Dahlman, Caleb McGarry, David Onyemata, Nate Landman, and Jeff Akuda against the Bucs. And then they lost Jake Matthews in that game. Uh, and then Chris Lindstrom got nicked up in that game. And so it's a question on sort of which of those guys returns this week because a lot of those guys I think are going to have a big impact on this matchup, you know, the tackles going up against Brian Burns, who has a habit of wreaking havoc against whoever the Falcons quarterback is. That's going to matter. David Onyemata, I think, is going to be a big part of this matchup and probably the biggest matchup uh, in this game. If he's healthy and he plays this week, that will be a, a big boost, I think, to the Falcons uh, defensively because we know Carolina's game plan is going to you know, be based around running the football. 
And we saw last week Tampa Bay have a lot of success running the football. Carolina had a lot of success last week against the Saints. They had a lot of success against the Falcons uh, in week one. Now, Tampa Bay had a lot of success in part due to the injuries the Falcons had on the interior of their defensive line with Anya Mata and Contavia Street. Um, and the Falcons played a lot of soft boxes in that game because they wanted to play those two high safety shells to keep, you know, help for their corners going up against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Now, no offense to the Panthers. I don't think there's that caliber of receiver on the field that are going to force the Falcons to play with those softer boxes. So they'll probably bring a safety down into the box and play that way. But that's going to give some one-on-one opportunities for Bryce Young on the outside going to his receivers. I saw that. Last week with the Saints, the Saints basically defense is going to play it uh, very similar to how the Falcons are going to play it, given the um, coaching uh, similarities there. And, you know, Bryce Young missed those deep throws last week. And I think this week he'll have a chance to to hit those. And if he does, if he pulls a Will Levis and, you know, blacks out for a couple of plays and hits some of those deep shots, that will be a, a benefit to the Panthers. But. I think the challenge is going to be, as so many teams have had success against Carolina, is getting pressure on the quarterback going up against a very weak offensive line. And the Falcons, David Onyemata is their most reliable pass rusher. And if he doesn't play in this game, then this might be the type of game where Carolina gets a little bit of a reprieve uh, from that Bryce Young constantly being under pressure every single snap like it seems to be most other games. Um, And that may be the opportunity that they need to you know, hit some of those deep shots in addition to being able to run the ball effectively and, and keep that offense on schedule. So to me, David Onyemata going up against that interior O-line is going to be one of the key matchups to to look at. And we're right now you know, talking on Wednesday. We don't know 100% if he's going to play on Sunday. Yeah, it'll be interesting, too. You bring that up because Carolina Panthers with the interior of the offensive line really struggled so far this season, uh, especially when it comes to injuries. Brady Christensen, who started week one there at left guard in that Falcons game, was hurt in the game uh, with a bicep injury. He's missed the rest of the season. Uh, they didn't have Austin Corbett week one against the Falcons. He did not come back until after the bye week, uh, week eight in that lone win against the Houston Texans. And he only was able to play in a couple games before going down with an MCL injury. And he's out for the season. The Panthers have had six different left guards, seven different right guards so far this season and you look at the struggles that they've had with other players like Iki Aquanu on the offensive line uh Bradley Bozeman their center and I think a large part of the reason he's out of issue has been well the scheme has not really fit them they've done a lot of zone running concepts where they were more of a downhill uh, scheme last year and Brad, Brady uh, Bradley Bozeman has been quoted saying that that's what he's more comfortable doing getting downhill and they've done that the last couple of weeks and then Taylor Bowden's also had his issues this season but I think in large part you look at the interior the struggles have been because they have just not been able to have continuity there. Guys have not been able to stay healthy. And at no point this season did you have your top uh, two guards. They're starting at left guard and at right guards. So that's obviously a matchup. I agree that the Panthers should be looking at and the Falcons should be looking to exploit uh, in heading into this matchup. But they don't have Anyamata. Then that might give the Carolina Panthers an opportunity uh, to be able to run the football well like they have the last couple of weeks. It'll be interesting to see who starts in this game. Nash Jensen, who's an undrafted free agent from North Dakota State, he started uh, the last two games. Uh, Justin McCray, they had him up there starting at left guard, but he gets hurt in the first play last week. Doesn't look like he's going to play this week. So could be Cade Mays getting the opportunity to start. Uh, for the Panthers there at left guard on Sunday. But we'll see if they can run the football. They've had success running it the last couple weeks. They ran for 204 yards on Sunday in that loss against the New Orleans Saints, and that's one of the most confounding things about it is they ran for 204, and they gave up 207 yards total and lost that game by 22 points. How that happens, 
only the Carolina Panthers can find a way for that to happen. So if they can run the ball successfully, like they did week one against Atlanta, really what killed them were the turnovers. They can run the ball successfully. Like that's a matchup that the Carolina Panthers are looking uh, to be able to win on Sunday because that's really what they have to do win this game on Sunday afternoon. And of course, you know, everyone's going to be looking at Bryce Young, how he's able uh, to play as his development the last four weeks is important for the Carolina Panthers and evaluating him heading to the offseason and finding some players, some, a staff that can help him and elevate him to the point where he truly looks like the number one overall pick. That's kind of what I'm looking at for the Carolina Panthers, running the football and then see if Bryce Young can actually connect on some of those deep balls. Could not do that last week. Uh, it's been part of the pressure, uh, but even when he had time, overthrew some guys, had a wide open touchdown to a fellow rookie in Jonathan Mingo that he was not able to hit on in the first half of that game against the Saints. So it'll be interesting to see if they can run the ball and then give Bryce Young some more opportunities to throw the ball downfield, which they did more than they had all season long uh, against the Saints last week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, the the injury to Jeff Okuda, if he, I'm optimistic that he'll be returning, but, um, you know, that could impact because Clark Phillips, who's coming off a really good game against Chris Godwin, but he's relatively untested. Uh, you know, and a little bit undersized for the outside. So that's going to be something that, you know, if Carolina wants to challenge Atlanta secondary, that would probably be where I would try to challenge it. If I can get, you know, some one-on-ones between Jonathan Mingo and Clark Phillips down the field, I feel like that's something that if Bryce Young can put the ball in the right spot, you know, that's a situation that Carolina could win. So that's going to be, you know, something else to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think it's something that they'll actually try to do. They've been more under center with Bryce Young the last couple of weeks than they had for the beginning of that part of the season. It really took until like about week 10 uh, until they really tried to have Bryce Young under center more often instead of just being strictly in the gun and being under center and run the ball the way, the way they have the last few weeks uh, can open up that play action shot down the field. But the Panthers got to be able to block it. They had eight-man protection last week in the first half. Couldn't block it. Bryce Young fumbles and what happened there. Turned into seven points, which is typically the result anytime the Carolina Panthers turn the football over. So be interesting to see how uh, some of those matchups and those players perform on Sunday in this game between the Panthers and Falcons uh, here in Charlotte on Sunday afternoon. Again, Julian Council, host of Lockdown Panthers, Aaron Freeman. He is the host of Lock on Falcons. It's an NFL crossover Thursday here on the show. We'll come back and we'll talk about what must go right for each team to win this game on Sunday. More here in just a moment on Lockdown Panthers and on Lockdown Falcons. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets of any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Some free betting advice here for y'all out there. If you're a Falcons fan listening to this podcast, which I imagine uh, most a lot of our listeners are Falcons fans listening, if you bet $5 on the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday, you're going to win $150. So there you go. Free betting advice from your boy. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season, which you kicked off 15 weeks ago. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, back here again on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Falcons. Julian Council, the host of Locked On Panthers. Aaron Freeman, the host of Locked On Falcons. It's a Locked On NFL crossover Thursday presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. And Aaron, the Falcons sitting at six and seven have an opportunity to be NFC South Division champions uh, for the first time in a couple of years. And I think 
they have a good opportunity to do it. I also think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have an opportunity to do it. So do the Saints. Unfortunately, the Carolina Panthers do not, as it's a division that's still pretty wide open heading into the offseason. I had someone ask me, we, I did a mailbag episode on Wednesday, and someone was asking, is one of the blown positives about the season that the NFC South still doesn't have, like that dev- that defined quarterback that could dominate the next decade? I was like, I guess you could look at it that way. You could also look at the head coaches. doesn't look like any of these head coaches are surefire to be here in 10 years that could also be one of the frustrating parts about this season if maybe you just won five games so far you'd only be one game out of first place but i digress let's move on talk about what must go right for the falcons and what must finally go right for the carolina panthers for them to get a win on sunday what must go right for the atlanta falcons to come away with a season sweep of the panthers here in 2023 yeah you know for the falcons they just got to play the way that they like to play, right? Both of these teams are very similar, right? They're, they're going to run the football. You know, they'll take some shots. Hopefully they can be efficient throwing the football when they do pass it. As long as they don't turn the ball over and maybe get a couple of takeaways from the opposing team, like that's their kind of formula for success. And the thing that favors the Falcons is they, they're slightly better at all of those things than Carolina is, right? You know, but they're not so much better that it's like, oh, this is a short thing. The Falcons are going to go out here and dominate this matchup or whatever. Like, basically, if Carolina plays 15% better than they have so far this year, like, that is more than good enough to beat that the typical version of the Atlanta Falcons uh, that show up, especially on the road. So, basically, for the Falcons, just be a better version of the team that you normally are. Run the ball well. Don't turn the ball over. Hit a couple of throws. Stop the, you know, just basic fundamental yeah. uh you know conservative football and like that's how they win this game but my hope is as i said at the top like my hope is that the falcons are just like the best version of themselves and maybe we can have you know a, a 27 to to 10 game but ultimately it's probably going to be like a 20 to 16 game that's a nail biter going into the final minutes of the game because every falcon game is that way this year I mean, at this point in the season, though, you take that, right? You just be seven and seven. I just, I don't know. (laughs) Look, like you're right. Yes, I will take it. Beggars can't be choosers is basically the most popular phrase I say on the on Lockdown Falcons. So I'll take it at this point in time. But I would like more. That's all. Like I understand where you're coming from because you would think year three, and this was the thing like last year here in Carolina. You would think by time you get to year three with the coaching staff that you have with your general manager that you're in position to be stable, to go out there to win games and to look better than what they have so far this season. And we saw you in Carolina last year with Matt rule. Clearly that was not the case, at least for the Falcons. Like they're still in a thick of things, but I, I do understand like we want it to look sexy and none of these teams in the NFC South, especially this team here in Charlotte look like that. They don't, no one looks like Philadelphia when the Eagles are winning before the first last two weeks, no one looks like uh, the 49ers. No one looks like those kind of teams. Like we, we want that. I understand. I, We're I not that far. Sexy. I just need it. Just give me an ankle. Give me, give me some knee <laughs> or something. I don't need it. Super sexy. Just give me a little bit more than what the Falcons have been giving me. That's all I understand. Basic stuff. And I would echo what you said, the Carolina Panthers, you need to do basic stuff, stop the run, take care of the football, run the ball. Well. And I mean, really, I, I think they can run the football. Well, they have done that. I understand They're going to have yet another guard combination out there on Sunday, but they showed for the majority of last, that's the entire game last week. They played 79 snaps on offense, 78 of them. They played without just McCray, who was the starting left guard in that game. 
So they showed they can run the football without having McCray out there. So they, I think they can have success again on Sunday against the Falcons, a team who they had success moving the football on uh, early on this season. That's really been the only team, if you think about it this year, from folks who tuned in the Panthers games, the Panthers were able to fairly consistently move the ball on. The problem was they just kept turning the football over. So if Bryce can clean up those mistakes that he's made way back in week one and along the way, and he can actually hit on some of those deep shots because they, they're there sometimes. It's not often, but they were there last week, and I they have nothing to lose other than another game. Why not try to suck the Falcons' defense in and then try to go over the top and see if you can hit a deep shot with Jonathan Mingo or if DJ Chark has an opportunity, which he was brought in here to do, has not really done much of that so far this season. Like That's what needs to go right for the Carolina Panthers. Special teams had been – a relative strength this season. You look at last week, it was technically ruled a fumble because someone did not block and they got there so quickly that Johnny Hecker's foot never touched the ball, but it's a block punt. If you don't give a block punt, which results right into a touchdown, if you make your field goals, you have an opportunity to win this game on Sunday, which I think they could have an opportunity. Do I think they'll win? No, because they have only won one game so far this season and I have little reason to believe in this team's ability to win football games moving forward. But they have players like Frankie Lubu, who's been outstanding this year. Derek Brown has been outstanding. Defensively, they can keep the Panthers in the game. It's just offensively, will you do something, anything at all, to make this a competitive game in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, and actually go out there and score, I don't know, maybe more than one touchdown, two touchdowns? because they get three touchdowns? Like, that's what people are hoping to see, at least from this in Carolina, just to have one Sunday where you ruin – not ruin, but you damper the uh, potential that your French, your division rival goes to the playoffs. So that's what needs to go right for the Carolina Panthers. Will it go right? I don't know. We'll see. Aaron, how are you feeling about this game as far as the Falcons winning? I know you. I know how you want to see it go. How do you see it go? I feel like you think it's going to be ugly. How, how do you see this thing going on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, I mean, as I said, like every Falcon game is – is ugly i guess it's it's competitive they're all competitive into the fourth quarter and i guess yeah. my frustration is just like the panthers are the worst team in the league and it's like it's going to be a competitive game in the fourth quarter and the falcons are supposed to be a playoff team and it's like that shouldn't be the case you can say division game all that stuff but like that's why you just want a little bit more from the atlanta falcons again you know i don't i don't need you to win this game 55 to the 14 or anything like that. Just, just give me a little bit more, but um, I, I think it, it will go that way. And then I feel better about the Falcons ability to make those fourth quarter plays as we saw in that week one matchup than Carolina. So I think it'll be okay. And the Falcons will come away in a tight competitive football game, winning this game by one score. It's kind of a race to 20 given Carolina's offensive struggles. But uh, before we wrap up, Julian, I just got a quick question. I, I was looking up the stat and I saw, the Panthers' defense is 31st in points allowed and 4th in yards allowed. How is that possible? Like, I've seen it where you have a top 10 in points allowed and you give up a lot of yards, but how do you give up all the points and none of the yards? Just can you explain They're not that great in sudden change. You think think back to week one, 17 points that they gave up off of turnovers. I think the Lions game, they gave up like 14. Like, that's really what's hurt them is that when, when the offense inevitably turns football over, the defense does not get off the field. They do not play complimentary football in that sense. Like they, you, you see the pieces there. They just they can't get out the field when it matters most. Like that's the problem. Okay, and, right. they, and they also they they don't force turnovers, and that that's really it. Like they have a defense that's not going to give up a ton of yardage, not going to really get beat with the big plays. But if you get in position after that offense for the Panthers gives it to you, 
you're going to score six. Like that's just been the case all season long. And I mean, you got, you got a ton of injuries too. JC Horn. He's only played two full games. Well, not even two, one full game this season. Cause this week, the first week he came back after getting hurt in the app before halftime against Atlanta week one against Tampa Bay, he was on a snap count. So he barely, he didn't get to play at really at all in the second half. So he's only played one full season of one full game this season. Shaq Thompson, he's been out. He's out for the season. He's been out since that Monday night game week two against uh, the saints. They missed uh, Von Bell for a period of time. They missed Xavier Woods for a period of time. It's just been a ton of injuries. So that is a, one of the reasons why they've given up that many points. But really, they're not great red zone defense, not great sudden change defense, and they don't force turnovers. And that hurts you uh, once we get down to it. So, yeah, looking at the the line, though, FanDuel, our betting partner, has it at as a field goal game. Uh, the Falcons are favored by three points. I, I can see this being a low-scoring seven-point victory for the Atlanta Falcons. I just don't have a lot of faith in Thomas Brown, the play caller here in Carolina, whose wife revealed on Twitter uh, earlier, uh, actually on, on Sunday after the game, when someone was calling for his head, which he is fired. It's pretty obvious he's not going to be back next year. But people are like, oh, you got to fire this guy now. Don't know what good that would do uh, for the final four weeks of the season. Um, but looking at it, Thomas Brown, he's not done a great job as a play caller. Now the pieces on the roster are not ideal. Two games he's been the play caller. And his five... In those games that he's yeah, five games, he's been a play caller. Two of those games have not scored a touchdown. They've scored five touchdowns in the five games has him as a play car this season in Carolina. I don't have a ton of confidence in this offense and their ability to put up enough points to win this game on Sunday. So I'll take the Falcons and the points on Sunday afternoon here in Charlotte. So congratulations to the Falcons and we'll see what they can do in the last couple weeks of the season if they can actually uh, capitalize and make it to the playoffs. That's going to wrap up this Locked On NFL Crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Panthers and Locked On Falcons. Again, I'm your host of Locked On Panthers, Julian Council. He is the host of Locked On Falcons. Aaron Freeman, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Network. Check out our shows over on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast Monday through Friday. Your team every day is our motto here on the show. Uh, but in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. And we'll talk to y'all on Friday as we continue to break down this NFC South divisional titanic matchup between the Carolina Panthers and Atlanta Falcons. Take care.